welcome to the Find That Thing podcast, where we find that thing that lights your soul on fire, that thing that you were made for in this world and that just drives you from the inside out and brings you to life. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a purpose coach, mama, nature loving, stubbornly optimistic, dorky child at heart. Here you can expect juicy mindset bites, stories, silliness and seriousness and everything in between. One thing I do promise is to make you smile. I'm here to give you permission to own your true purpose, to do what you truly want to do in this world and be the person that you were before the world told you who you should be. Because it's never been so easy than right now to do what makes your soul shine. So let's soak up some of that awesomeness that this world has to offer and help you find that thing that sets your soul on fire and bring it to life. Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited to bring you the Q&A version of the Find That Thing podcast. And we have got some absolutely incredible questions here and I'm so excited to answer them. I have never done a Q&A version of the of the potty before. Uh, so this is going to be really fun. So thank you so much to those who sent their questions in. I am going to start with the first one, which is... Emma, when a situation is overwhelming, what is the best way to handle it? What an awesome question. And gosh, there are so many, so many things that I could say here. And I'm going to go with the first ones that come to my mind and the things that I do. So just to give a little bit of context, we have definitely had some slightly overwhelming uh, situations in our life occurring over the last few months, um, as I'm sure many of you guys have. The world has absolutely been turned upside down, thrown around and thrown in a washing machine and spat all around. And just to to add to that, um, as many of you would know, I am pregnant. I'm coming up to 38 weeks now. So the uh, second little bub could be born at any moment, which is exciting and, uh, and daunting and, uh, everything in between. And we're also building a house and I'm running a business and working for a few different organizations. And, uh, we're trying to, to build a house while we're not living in our house. So yes, I, I can totally empathize with the idea of being overwhelmed and, my intention for this podcast is to be completely real with you. I have had many a uh, little breakdown, <laughs> many cries. I think part part of them have been slightly hormonally infused uh, with the pregnancy hormones going up and down, but many of them because of the actual situation. So I have really, really had to knuckle down on some practices that that help with overwhelm. And I think that's one of the things that I want to share in relation to all of these questions is the the benefits or the yeah, the the benefits of the preparation are most noticed in the moment. 
when you have actually done the work before the situation occurs. That doesn't mean that you can't do the work right now, but the preparation is is where it's at. It's preparing for that moment and doing the work and doing the practice before the situation hits that's going to really, really help you in those moments of overwhelm. Things, when I say preparation, I mean mindset practices, I mean journaling, I mean mantras, I mean meditation, I mean, you know, creating awareness around what's going through your mind in any particular time and challenging those negative or unhelpful thoughts right there in the moment. It's, it's those preparation practices that you do day in, day out, what I like to call the one percenters that you do every single day or at least every day that you can remember. Those little one percenters are the things that get you through the big, scary, hard moments of overwhelm. So the preparation is where it's at. Regardless of that, I want to give you some in the moment tips because we can't go back in time. So if you if you haven't done that preparation stuff, here's here's a few of my my hot tips for how to handle a an overwhelming situation. So my first one is get those thoughts out. Get those thoughts out. No matter what that looks like for you, whether it's word vomiting it to your best friend or your hubby or your dog or um, on the notes or like the record section on your phone, whether it's journaling it out, just get every single one of those thoughts that's going through your mind out onto a piece of paper. So you can ask yourself the question, what am I overwhelmed about? What are the things that are causing me overwhelm? And keep writing until your pen goes dry and until you can almost feel the overwhelmed energy slightly leaving your body. Because what this does is it clears some space for you to be able to put some new, more constructive or proactive thoughts and ideas into your mind and at least give you a little bit of space to process everything that's going on. And just to share a little bit of a personal story that occurred with the with my husband and I, uh, one of the situations that had been causing me quite a lot of overwhelm, uh, and I actually did this exact practice was the thought of, so we have just moved house to live with my beautiful father-in-law and uh, live in his gorgeous home, which we are so, so appreciative of. But my very, uh, let's say primal, emotional, intuitive mama response, the one that really wanted to nest and really wanted to stay home and and prepare and create a little, a beautiful abode for the baby to be, that part of me was really struggling with the idea of, of getting up and, and leaving home in, in a time that all I wanted to do was really nest and, and create a little, a little nest for our, for our family. And that particular one 
I hadn't realized how much overwhelm it had caused me until I wrote it down amongst a list of the other things that were overwhelming me and read them out to my beautiful husband. And when I got to that particular one, there was a lot of emotion that that came out when I read out the the sentence that said, giving birth and raising a newborn in a place that is not my own. That particular point really brought a lot of emotion up for me. And even just thinking about it now, it can um, it can bring up a little bit of emotion. So one of the beautiful parts of this practice of just getting it out all on paper is it'll also help you get clarity on which ones are just kind of hovering around in your mind, which are those elements that are maybe overwhelming you, uh, that are, that are just sort of taking up a bit of space and which ones are the ones that are really driving your emotions in this situation because if you can prioritize those ones then you know that it's going to have the greatest impact for you overall and then the other ones almost kind of you know fade into the distance so write it down get it all out is my first tip for um, overcoming overwhelm The second one is to meditate because meditation is one of those preparation practices that can help you before the situation occurs, but, and can also help you when the situation is right there. What meditation does is it helps drop some of those, those crazy thoughts that are just running around in your mind that are sort of almost spinning in this cycle of just adding further, further, further and further stress to the situation. There's a million different incredible apps out there to help with meditation. Um, As many of you probably know, I use the One Giant Mind app. Uh, But one thing I would say is that if you have never meditated before, don't start with One Giant Mind, probably. (laughs) It's it's maybe a little bit more on the advanced class side of things. It's, it's got less, um, less guidance and more silence. So when you're typically starting off doing anything, um, meditation, definitely one of like sits within this boat, when you're starting off with anything, the more guidance and the more teaching and the more coaching that you can have to get you on the right track and to get you up to, um, up to speed, the better, right? So the more, the more coaching and guidance that you can have is going to be really helpful for you. One Giant Mind doesn't have a lot of coaching and guidance. It's it's quite silent. <laughs> and there's just a mantra that you listen to and that you follow. And for where I'm at, I, I really like that. I have a busy enough mind that I don't like hearing someone else tell me what to do. <laughs> so if you are just starting off, I would recommend going with something like Calm or Headspace, or gosh, there's a million out there, but Calm or Headspace are pretty good places to start. So my third tip is to, then this is kind of an extension on the first one, is to to break it down. So first of all, it's about spit it out. (laughs) Spit out all of those thoughts onto a page 
and then break them down. And one of the ways that you can do this is actually through a mind mapping exercise. And I, I did this when I first started my podcast, actually, because there were a million different things that I was thinking about um, in, that were needed to be done in order to get it all started. And what I did was actually one of those things that you used to do when you were in primary school, which where, where I wrote the word podcast in the middle of the page in a little bubble, in a little, you know, one of those beautiful bubbles. And then out of that cloud bubble, I wrote down each of the different actions that I needed to take in regards to getting the podcast, the podcast up and going. For example, I needed to (laughs) decide what it was going to be called. I needed to create the album artwork. I needed to find the right app that would allow me to, to turn the podcast into something that is automated and connects with iTunes and all of those sort of programs. I needed to create my list of episodes. I needed to create my intro. I needed to create my outro. There are a whole heap of little mini things to do. And until I just got all of that down on paper, it was just all swimming around in my mind and it just seemed like a big jumbled mess. So that can be a really, really handy exercise is it's nice and visual. It's kind of fun. It almost reminds you of being a kid again as well. It's just doing a beautiful mind map. And what you can do, and what I guess what I did was just, I literally picked one of those tiny little lines that was coming out of the mind map at a time. So I started with podcast art. So I went onto Canva, created my podcast art, created my little, um, album. Once that piece was done, I crossed it off. So break, breaking that big jumbled mess of our minds <laughs> into little bite-sized chunks and crossing them off. Because when we cross them off, it also gives us that beautiful sense of satisfaction, right? <laughs> Is anyone else out there one of those people who writes things on their to-do list just so you can cross it off even though you've already done it? Yeah, totally here. (laughs) The other thing to think about is checking in with, if you're feeling a bit of overwhelm, like lots and lots of different things going through your mind, it's trying to rise above the current situation. So if you could, and you can actually close your eyes and try this practice yourself, or you can just imagine it if you're driving in the car, is to imagine yourself elevating out of your current situation where you are right now, elevating up, up, up into the sky and thinking about if you were to take a bird's eye point of view, a bird's eye perspective on this situation, if you were to look at your situation from up above so that you are removed from it what's the one most important thing that really needs to occur here what's the one most important thing that you need to focus on this exercise can be really helpful for almost any situation really because it helps you get perspective right it helps you move out of the clutter and the detail and all the swimming tiny thoughts which can seem so big when they're up 
all up in your grill and all up in your mind and swimming around and seeming like they're the end of the world. But if you elevate out of that up higher into the sky, it gives you a beautiful, beautiful perspective on what's most important. You know, why, why is this something that matters to you and what would an ultimate best case scenario look like? Because if, if we're in overwhelm, often our beautiful minds are probably defaulting to worst case scenario. And that worst case scenario is often fueling the negativity. The negativity is just fueling more and more negativity. And that's where that cycle starts to occur. And often our negativity bias in our mind jumps to worst case scenario. It's thinking about what could go wrong, what is going to wrong, going, what is going to go wrong, how will I deal with that when it does go wrong, all of those sort of questions. And this, this exercise can help you elevate out of that and to instead flip the switch on that and ask the question, what would the best case scenario here look like? And how can I take one small baby step towards that best case scenario right now? How can I make that best case scenario more likely right now? What would an ideal outcome look like right now? The last piece, the last little tip that I would add there is appreciating what you've already achieved on this situation that is causing you overwhelm. Appreciating how far you've already come and recognizing any progress that you've already achieved. Because our beautiful minds, they do love to default towards what problems need to be solved, what negative situations need to be rectified, just because of how our brains are set up primarily, primarily to be able to protect us from stress and danger and all of that sort of thing. So we know the bias is there. What we can do to overcome that bias is to consciously appreciate the good things that have already been achieved in this area. So recognize any progress that you've already made towards that situation. So thank you so much for that question. They are my five hot tips. So write it down, get it all out, meditate, mind map it. So break it down into bite-sized chunks. Think about what the best case scenario is so you can rise above the situation into a bird's eye point of view so that you can get perspective on the issue and acknowledge progress that has already been achieved. So I hope that was really helpful for question number one. Question number two, question is, is there a good mantra to practice for stress? What an awesome question. I am such a big fan of mantras. <laughs> I have so many. Um, they are also part of my one percenter practices and I have them pop up as little reminders on my phone and they have, God, they have saved me going into spirals in so many different moments. So I'll share a few with you. One of the ones that's really, really helpful is often the, the cause of any stress in our life is a result of us focusing on things that are, with, are not within our control. I'm going to say that again. 
often the things that cause us stress in our lives are when we're focused on situations or things that are not within our control. And as soon as we shift our focus towards what is within our control and we give those areas our 100% focus, energy, attention and, and guidance, that's, that's when we start to bring our sense of control and power back inward. So one of the mantras that I use is I can't control others. I can't control what others are thinking. I can only control myself. I can only control myself, my mindset, my thoughts, my energy, my actions. So come back to what's within your control. Focus on what's within your control. And one of the exercises that you can do, which is really, really helpful, and I do this with all of my clients, both my organizational clients, as well as my individual one-to-one private clients, is get them to draw a really, really simple table. (laughs) You can do this right now. And on the left-hand side of the page, you write the word within my control. And on the other side of the page, you write not within my control, and you draw a line down the middle. And note down everything that is not within your control within that situation. So we did this when we were building our house and there were many things, many things that were not within our control, such as the planning and timing of our design approval process, um, such as our architect and how long that would take, such as the bank getting back to us about finance for it. Um, God, that whether the builder came back to us with particular quotes or who came back, there were so many different areas that were not within our control. And it became an incredibly interesting and challenging process to let go of all of the different areas that weren't within our control and to only focus, so to bring our focus onto the left-hand side of the column, which is what is within your control. So if you think about any situation right now in your life that is causing you a little bit of stress, anything which brings up a little bit of emotion, just check in with yourself around... Where's your focus at with that situation? Are you focusing on what's within your control or are you focusing on what's not within your control? Some examples of what is within your control is how you show up, your energy, your thoughts, your focus, your actions, Everything within you is within your control. As much as I hate to admit it, (laughs) other people are not within our control. (laughs) Planning guidelines are not within our control. And so all of these things then get popped into the right-hand side of the column. And then the advanced class to this exercise is circling that right-hand side of the column and saying, 
I choose to surrender and I choose to let go. I choose to let go of controlling all of these things and to focus instead on the things on the left here. This is an incredibly powerful exercise and it's so simple, my two favourite things. So that can be really, really handy. So coming back to your question around mantras for stress, mine is I can't control others, I can only control myself. Another, another good mantra is to remind yourself <laughs> of that thing that's causing you stress and so often this happens to us in our, in our beautiful Western world, is asking yourself the question, am I quite lucky to have this problem? Is this quite a good problem to have? And look, not always is the answer going to be yes to this, but more often than not, the things that cause us stress are actually pretty great things in our life. So checking in with yourself around what a good problem this is for me to have and how lucky am I to have this problem in the first place. That can sometimes be a bit of a helpful one just to give a little bit of perspective. Another mantra that I use that pops up in my phone every day is every, with every challenge comes a learning. With every challenge comes a learning. And once the learning has been taken from that challenge or that struggle or that stress, once the learning from that situation becomes clear, it's so funny how much that reduces the level of stress that you're feeling around that particular issue. So that can be a really helpful one. Reminding yourself that with every challenge comes a learning. The lucky last one, and this is tapping into a very similar idea around control and not control and what you have control over in your life. And that mantra is, I don't need the conditions to be perfect for me to be happy. I don't need the conditions to be perfect for me to be happy because we get to decide, right? We get to choose when we're happy and when we're not. We can't control all of the conditions in the outside world, but we can control how we feel. We can control our emotional state. I don't need the conditions to be perfect for me to be happy. I get to choose how I feel. I get to choose my happiness. I hope that was helpful for that question. So question number three, how can you process unknown outcomes without overthinking them? Oh, such a good question. (laughs) Such a good question. So it's a couple of different things that I would say with this one. The first one is reminding yourself that everything is always working out for you. Everything is always working out for you. And really, really trying to integrate this belief that anything that happens 
It's happening for you, not to you. That no matter what the outcome, that you will get through it and that you will learn something from that. And that as long as you are having fun in the process, as long as you can find joy and find some sort of happiness along the journey towards that outcome, that the outcome doesn't really matter too much. And I would, I would then also come back to the control, not control exercise that I talked about before, reminding yourself of the things that are within your control and the things that aren't within your control and consciously deciding to let go of those outcomes that aren't within your control. Because what happens, here's a question for you, what happens to you when you try and focus on those things, on those unknowns, unknown outcomes that aren't within your control? What happens to you? What happens when your focus is on those things that are not within your control? How does that make you feel? It makes you feel stressed, right? It makes you feel out of control. <laughs> so there is absolutely no benefit to focusing on the things that aren't within your control. Come back to what is within your control. Give all of that your 100% focus and energy and effort. Because if you focus on the things that are within your control, you're much more likely to get a better outcome on those, on those unknown things anyway. <laughs> I hope that helps. Fourth question, question number five is, other than gratitude and mindfulness, are there other ways you can practice being in the moment? Great question. Other than gratitude and mindfulness, are there other ways you can practice being in the moment? Yes, 100%. So the first thing is remembering that the practice is in the preparation. So a feeling of being present in any moment, the work is in the preparation. That's where the power and the impact comes from. So the more preparation that you can do, and when I say preparation, you know, I'm talking about things like meditation, um, you know, practicing and training your focus and releasing, releasing that energy of stress. That's what's going to help you more than, than, than the in the moment practices. Saying that, some of the things that you can do right there in the moment, tuning into your body. So typically, if you're not feeling present in any moment, it's because your fight and flight system has been activated because of some sort of fear thoughts that are going like really mental in your head. So your head is overactive with lots and lots of thoughts. And one of the ways to break the cycle of all of those thoughts is to give your mind something to focus on that is not thought. So one of the things that you can do is tuning into your body. So if you're sitting with someone, you're starting to feel yourself, maybe starting to feel a bit overwhelmed, your mind's racing, you feel like you're not being present there in the moment, tune in with your body. And I recommend starting with your toes 
tuning into focusing on how do your toes feel. And the reason that I say toes is because our toes are the furthest point away from our head. (laughs) So we want to try and take the focus and the energy and that heaviness away from our head and to tune in with something that's really far away from that. So tune into your toes and ask yourself, how do my toes feel right now? Can I feel them tingling? And just leave your focus there for a few seconds and then tune in with your feet. How do my feet feel? What sensations can I feel right at the bottom of my feet and in my heels? And, you know, you can do this in a meeting when you're at work with with no one knowing because no one knows where you're focusing, right? And you can just slowly go through your entire body, starting from the toes, through the feet, the legs, the body. And that's one way of helping you come back into the moment, And you can actually check in with your five senses at this point. That's one of the best ways to be able to practice being in the moment, tuning in with your sense of hearing, your sense of sight, your sense of touch, your sense of smell, and actually asking yourself, you know, what can I sense with each of those different senses? And as I mentioned before, it's a practice It's something that can, yes, help you in the moment, but the more that you practice these little one percenters, the more that it becomes a muscle that just builds and builds and builds so that you can actually start to do it unconsciously. And then unconsciously, you become present in the moment always, always. And I can definitely advocate for this because as I've shared on the podcast before, I used to struggle with a lot of anxiety and it was pretty overwhelming at times, particularly at work, in meetings. I would, I would really find myself, my mind racing. And I, I want to share that by, by practicing these little exercises, it does work. It takes time But those little 1% practices, if you keep practicing them for 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, 50 days, you know, 365 days, it does and it will turn into a habit. And I promise you that. So the, the quicker that you can turn it into a consistent practice, the quicker that that presence will just become natural. The other two exercises that I have around practicing presence in the moment is called the 2x breath. And that's around whatever your breath is or your breath in is, you double that in an exhale. For example, breathing in for four and breathing out for eight. You can start with something a little bit less if you wanted, like breathing in for three and then breathing out for six. But whatever your breath in is, you're going to double that for the exhale. Because what they've actually proven is it's the exhale that activates the parasympathetic system in your brain and in your body. And apparently it is one of the only exercises or one of the only ways that they know to naturally activate your parasympathetic system in the most powerful way possible, 
apart from drugs. <laughs> so unless you've got some drugs on you, <laughs> then this is a really, really powerful way. So it's the long exhale. So the longer that you can make that exhale, the better. That's what's going to send the message to your parasympathetic system, which is the relaxation system of the body. The longer that you can make that exhale, the better. So practicing the 2x breath, that can be really helpful as well. Lucky last question, question number five. So when you are working with your passion, what are ways that you can increase your credibility? Great question. When you are working with your passion, what are ways you can increase your credibility? So I'm, I'm assuming uh, when, when answering this question that, that this is a new area for this particular person. So they may be exploring their passion for the first time. It's quite new to them. So they're not feeling like they have that credibility just yet. So I'm going to answer it from that place. <laughs> My first tip is just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep working on that passion. Just keep practicing it. Just keep putting yourself out there over and over and over and over. Because the more that you practice it, the more that it's going to build your confidence. And here's the cool thing. If it's your passion, it's going to be giving you energy, right? You're going to be loving the process of it anyway. So I want you to just keep doing it and get so good, get so good at it that people just can't ignore you. Get so good at it that they just can't ignore you. Because that is the first most important part around building credibility in a passion area is getting so good at it that people really recognize that it's more than a passion for you. It's actually your purpose. It's actually your strength. It's actually something that you can provide a heap of value around and people will be naturally attracted to you and wanting to work with you on that passion area because they'll sense that it's coming from a place of love and energy. And if you're also really good at what you do, then that credibility is going to build so quickly. You know, people are going to talk about you because people are attracted to really positive, great energies. So that's my first tip is just keep doing it and get so good they can't ignore you. Practice, 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 practice. Just put yourself out there in the greatest way possible. And if you're feeling some fear around doing that, my recommendation would be to lead with your why and to keep checking in with the why behind that passion. Why do you care about this area? Why did you want to work towards it in the first place? What does this passion mean to you? What is the impact that you want to make? What's the difference that you want to make by exploring this passion area? And getting so, so clear on that why behind the passion or the purpose behind the passion, because that's what's going to fuel you and help you move forward when your fear and when your ego is starting to cloud the way, <laughs> which does happen. Definitely still happens to me a hundred percent. But the more clear that you are on that purpose and that why behind your passion, the more that it's going to help you take action. 
And the more that you take action, the more that your confidence builds, the better that you get at that particular area. And that's what's going to build your credibility. The better that you get at it, the more people are going to reach out to you. And that's going to just, yeah, just get you, get you up and flying and, um, and hopefully, you know, living, living that passion for a full-time, full-time role. There you go, guys. My first q and I really hope you liked it and that I didn't blabber it too much. I, I look forward to doing some more of these. I really enjoyed answering these questions. If you have liked this episode and you would like to hear more, or if you heard this episode and you're thinking, oh, I've got a question fam, please send me a message um, in the DMs, either on Facebook or send me an email um, or on Instagram. Um, and if you really liked this episode, please leave a review on, on iTunes because it's the reviews on iTunes that really help spread the message of, of what I'm here to share, which is about helping people really live and own their purpose and passion and follow their true heart-driven cause. So if that is a message that you think needs to be shared with the world, I would so love if you left a, a review on iTunes. It would mean so much. And in the meantime, have an incredible day. I will uh, be sharing another one of these episodes soon.